Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football with Dumbo. My name is John. Hey, you know, it's Dugo over here. What's going on, folks? Hope you guys had a great week. We hope you guys had a magnificent week. We hope you guys came in uh, to this episode with some victories under your belt. Uh, last week, we gave you guys some advice that we think panned out halfway decent. Uh, you know, Dugo, our start to the week were Christian Watson and Darius Slayton, who both hit 15 or more points in PPR leagues. Yeah, dude, but what I'm going to be more flexing about, I think, going into this next week is my opinion on DJ Chark going in against the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, his former team. You know, I feel like it was more of a vengeance <laughs> game out there. I mean, you know, everyone was talking about the matchup between A.J. Brown and the Titans, but I definitely think that DJ Chark had some uh, bad blood out there for sure. What did DJ Chark do? Yo, so DJ Chark absolutely just popped off. He ended up being wide receiver 23 on the week. The man had five catches for, you know, I think like 98 yards or something like that. But the man popped off. He gave you everything that you wanted. It was a great game. I don't know if he's going to have another one like that just because, like I said, I think it was because of Jameson Williams not necessarily being active. Mm-hmm. But I think that Jared Goff has also just been overperforming this year as well, just in a whole. Especially lately, dude, he's been He's been playing. pretty reliable. Yo, he has been. He's and been a reliable quarterback. I mean, last week he even gave you guys QB4 material if you started him, which I doubt any of us did. But, yo, he went out there and he did it. I mean, it was crazy what he put up. So, hey, if I'm looking at Jared Goff going forward, you know, I, I would be considering him being a damn near starting quarterback just because it seems like that team is primed and ready to go. It gives me... Like, I don't want to be over-drastic, but do you remember the Packers in, like, 2010 when their defense actually started getting together? That was the year we won the Super Bowl, right? Dude, like, I don't – so I don't want to talk no shit about that because let's not go that far. But, like, it gives me vibes of, like, damn near – you know, damn near, like, the Bengals. Like, once the Bengals, like, picked up their defense last year, like, the only thing holding them back was if Joey B was going to throw, like, three picks or not. Like, mm-hmm. that defense actually showed up, and so I just think, like, with this team, I feel like the defense is giving the offense a shot to go out there and win them games rather than having to play from behind. Yeah, exactly. Jared you Goff know? is somebody who's going to have a lot of pass attempts coming up, uh, you know, as they end the season and they actually fight for a playoff spot. Yeah, dude. I they're mean, in contention. Dude, they definitely are. Like, they're sniffing for a uh, wild card spot right now, and I'm excited for them because... I mean, I don't want to be super excited because, you know, my heart's with the pack. But, like, yo, like, it's some shit. Like, I'm I'm at least excited for them. Like, if, if the Packers don't make it in, if the Packers are able to get an uh, early look at Jordan Love, you know, like, I'm kind of all for it at this point just because it seems like this season, other than fantasy-wise, is kind of a, a wash for the Packers. All right, so we appreciate you guys for tuning in for another episode with us. Uh, as you know, this is a podcast about fantasy football tips, tricks, and advice. Uh, Coming from two guys who, you know, we fuck around, we play some fantasy. Uh, We enjoy the sport. We have around 20 years combined experience between the two of us. You know what I'm saying? We try to to flex some of our knowledge. And so if you've been listening, you know, to any prior episodes or if this is your first episode listening, we try to kind of give you guys sleepers. We mostly capitalize on players that no one else is really talking about. And I kind of wanted to extend that into the uh, Baltimore offense. So the reason I wanted to take it to Baltimore is because Lamar uh, Jackson is going to be out with a PCL injury. Okay. Uh, for the next few, you know, weeks. Yep. And with that, 
you know, you have guys like Mark Andrews, Devin Duvernay, J.K. Dobbins, who looks to be on the men, you know, coming back. Mm-hmm. And then you have a question mark and Tyler Huntley coming back in. Well, dude, I mean, if I want to be real with you, I think... Is he a question mark, I guess? I'm, I'm going to be honest, dude. I think he is, honestly, in, like, my check marks for, like, a reliable starter. Mm-hmm. Like, when we've looked at this offense in the past when... You know, like Tyler Huntley was the starter when he was taking over for Lamar because he has been getting hurt the last couple of years. It almost seems like that first game when he's in there, you know, like maybe he's not doing as great because he's getting thrusted into that game. Right. But when he's actually out in the play, like when he's actually able to practice with the ones, when he's actually able to go out and like, you know, get his work in, I think he's actually a reliable quarterback. So, yeah. I mean, if you, if you're looking for a starting quarterback because we have so many buys this week. A lot of buys this week, which we'll we, get into a little bit more later, I'm sure. There's so many. But, yeah. yo, like, I think, like, this guy could be a reliable starter for you if you are, you know, digging deep for a quarterback in these last couple of weeks to make sure that you can make a playoff run. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with Baltimore, I mean, there's a lot of playmakers who are going to be in a lot of your teams uh, as we enter this final week of the season. And we kind of want to run through some Baltimore guys that I'm sure are, you know, pretty heavily rostered and give you guys some opinions, at least from our perspective, as to what you should do as far as start or sit. Uh, So the first guy from Baltimore that obviously matters and is rostered in 100% of leagues is going to be Mark Andrews, tight end. Yeah, dude, I don't really think that we see much slip in his production, if I'm going to be honest. I feel like when uh, when he started before, when he looked at the uh, weeks that he replaced Lamar, I feel like Mark Andrews, like I said, just didn't really slip much in production. Mm-hmm. I feel like he really does favor those tight ends. And so when it comes to, you know, I mean, I feel like every quarterback who's start, starting like on an early week or anything like that, really favors tight ends just because they're easy to hit. They're fucking like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and they're 5 yards in front of you rather than 20 yards on the field. That's fair enough. So I feel like they just like to favor those guys. So, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, someone who like I feel like could be a sleeper this week with those, just keeping that in mind, is Isaiah Likely. I mean, this guy is rostered in about 20% of leagues. I'm actually naming this guy one of my streams of the week. I think Isaiah Likely definitely could be a guy that could see uh, output of performance this week. I just feel like there's too much on the line. You know, they can't lose this game. And even with Lamar, he's been a reliable target to get you touchdowns and yardage. If I'm rostering someone like a Devin DuVernay or someone like a Deshaun Jackson, I don't know if I'm necessarily, necessarily relying on them down the stretch. That well, has, I, well, that's what I'm getting at. Like, I don't think, like, the wide receivers are a little more, so, so, you know, like, I feel like they're a little bit more dependent on Lamar. And I feel like Tyler Huntley, like let, I said, is favoring the tight let me, ends. Let me finish. Let me finish. Sure. It's just what, so, it felt like you are going off no, on no, 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 no. So, Mark Andrews uh, is Mark Andrews. And yeah. he's going to get his targets. And he's going to be a primary recipient of a lot of the passes. Yep. I think that J.K. Dobbins comes back to the team in Week 14, from what it sounds like. Yeah, he has a chance at least. So now you're talking about refilling the running back room. You're talking about giving your backs more run. You're talking about lining up maybe in more two tight end sets where you have an Isaiah Likely who can function just as well as your best receiver. And I think that gives a boost to a guy like Isaiah Likely who maybe 
is almost under roster to this extent. Oh, or shit. Or to this point of the season. Oh, shit, guys. Jaws giving me my flowers. <laughs> I think Isaiah likely is somebody who gets more run if Lamar Jackson's out of the lineup for the next few weeks because I think they function in more two tight end sets, more audibles out of that. They try to establish the run and, you know, where they can go off and get a play-action pass, where they can draw up a quick slant route, some kind of quick hook route, likely would be one of the, you know, potential recipients. But moving forward, I like the guy a lot. I think Isaiah likely is someone who's under-rostered now, and especially for uh, fantasy football where tight ends kind of come few and far between, likely is a great stash, and I think he's somebody who can make a difference in the playoffs this year. Facts, dude. I mean, I, I appreciate you finally giving me my flowers on someone for sure. But, yo, I don't know if, if I'm looking at receivers this week. It seems like there's a bunch of buys. Let's get into the buys quick just so people know, like, what we're working with, all right? So the buys that we have going on are the Green Bay Packers. The Colts. We have the Washington Commanders. Saints. Atlanta Falcons. And the Bears. Fuck the Bears. The Bears. But, yo... So there's one person that like I'm having like a really big predicament with, and that's with Jalen Waddle being hurt. Is this like a personal predicament? Yeah, like, it, it, like well, it's, it's on site. It's or definitely it's just like well, it's definitely a personal predicament. I mean, oh, if everyone's oh. been listening on, they know that I have Jalen Waddle, <laughs> and well, dude, I've been talking about this fucking pick all year, dude. I picked this guy pretty early, Holy and shit. I still was able to get all the production. Yo, I'm gonna get my shit off. Oh, right? but yo, with this guy possibly being injured though, like I'm looking at like leg pop- injury. Yeah, he has a leg injury. I don't know if it's all that serious just because he did play, you know, like that second half of week 14, at least at a limited extent. So my hope is that he's going to be all right. But when I'm looking at possible replacements for him, I mean, I got some people on my bench that I could possibly, you know, get in there. But it seems like I'm short like a wide receiver. So do you think like I'd be crazy to go for like Trent Sherfield to be like a no? Uh, uh, why not? Why no? Why couldn't he flex for? No, a game? you're not crazy for going for Trent Sherfield oh, because okay. I think he's gonna do well. Trent Sherfield is the third receiver on the Miami Dolphins after Tyreek Hill, right? And after Jalen Waddle, right. right? He's the third in the, in the wide receiver room. Hey. If you guys are enjoying the episode, do us a favor and go ahead and give us a follow on whatever audio platform you're currently streaming on. It goes a long way towards supporting the show, and it lets us know that you guys enjoy the content. Uh, Back to the episode. I think that he's someone who obviously has to step into volume, has to step into touches, because their wide receiver room isn't all that deep. I think Cedric Wilson is the fourth receiver in that that room, I guess. Uh, So you're looking at a lineup that's going to consist of Tyreek Hill, Trent Sherfield probably playing the other side of the field, and Tedrick Wilson manning down the slot. I think with Tua, who's just going to pass it to whoever's open, I think that he just steps into targets because he's going to be the hot route on a few extra routes. He's going to be the first read on a few extra routes, now that Jalen Waddle's out, as opposed to him kind of you know sitting in the background as the third guy. Yeah, I mean, that definitely makes sense, man. And I mean, it... I feel like it's going to be a big week regardless. I mean, it doesn't seem like they're going to have that much trouble against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like Miami itself is always a pretty, uh, you know, like effective offense, very explosive. Mm-hmm. The Chargers seem to give up a lot of big plays. So we'll see what happens. But I think I think that Jalen Waddle is going to have a big game this Sunday. I really do. I don't see how he's going to kind of fall off if he's starting. Do you think he's going to play? 
I, I definitely do, man. If he does not play, though, I mean, we'll watch the waiver or we'll watch the wire all week to see what's going on. Okay. I think that he's going to be maybe questionable going into, like, Saturday, but I think he's going to get that full designation. I think that's going to be a good week for him, bro. I mean, I think that he's going to have, you know, the biggest person on that defense, I feel like, is Derwin James. And uh-huh. I think it's almost like Mc, or I feel like it's McDaniel's like prerogative to always like harass the best DBs in the league, you and so, so I do. And so I think, especially having those weapons with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, you know, I think he's gonna be going out there trying to get some blood because he just lost to, uh, you know, the Forty ers So I think that he's gonna come back with a vengeance because he's fucking pissed off. I'm assuming. So, I would suggest a big game offensively from the Dolphins going into week 14. And, like I said before, if you're looking for streamers, I don't think that you're going to be too far-fetched if you want to try to try uh, Trent Sherfield. Or if you do want to take a long shot with Cedric Wilson. I mean, when he was uh, one of those reserves on the Cowboys, he always seemed to make a play. So, mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to be making a bad decision with that. Listen, I mean, when you look at the Chargers cornerbacks, uh, they have a few guys that are actually healthy this year the chargers are kind of always that team that's injured well they're definitely injured it's just not their d-backs this year which is surprising yeah so when you look at it i mean michael davis is the cb1 he's the db1 he's the guy who's going to cover the best receiver on the opposing team so in this case it's going to be tyree kill right uh when you look at michael davis's stats i mean receivers are averaging somewhere around 11 fantasy points a game against them you're looking at tyree kill who's a top five receiver this year I think he's better than most receivers, and I think that he could easily see 15, 16 points in this matchup. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with that. When you look at the DB2, let's move it on over. Let's take it to uh, Mr. Asante Samuel Jr. He's a great DB. He's young, but he's also given up on average around 9 and 10 points to opposing teams, which would be Jalen Waddle in this case. Yeah, and I mean, most wide receiver twos aren't Jalen Waddle. So like what's the like my biggest thing this week is I don't think one of them's gonna float the other just because of how da- dynamic both of those wide receivers are. So I could definitely see those two, you know, just playing like their favorite side of the field. Yep. And last but not least, a Trent Sherfield, who I think is valuable, has a great matchup against their slot DB, which case is actually Bryce Callahan. So he's a guy Bryce Callahan is who's given up a lot of big plays. And I think that when you look at a trencher field, whether he gets extra snaps because of the Jalen Waddle injury, or he just stays in the slot and does his thing. Yeah, dude. I mean, if you saw the first play of the game this past week against the 49ers, I mean, he went off for like a 70-yard touchdown to start the game. Like, it was sick. Bah. But it was only his, first, it was his only catch of the game, which kind of sucked. But, yo, he got you 14 points on hey, one game. He did his job. Or on one play. That's the goal. He did his job. Hey, bro, he did more than his job. If you started him, you're fucking looking at a dollar and a dream with that guy. Uh, Speaking of a dream, the 49ers' dream of having an active quarterback seems to to not work out every six weeks. Uh, We just saw the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo. It looks like he has an ankle injury for the time being, and they're projecting that he's probably going to be out for the next seven to eight weeks. So what does that mean? That means if you have 49ers players on your fantasy teams, you should probably listen to this advice. Uh, me and Dugo right now are going to discuss how this impacts Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. 
And I guess the guy we should probably start out with is uh, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, dude. I mean, I feel like his workload's just going to continue to go up and up. But, I mean, not only that, but, shoot, man. Like, if Elijah Mitchell is still around, I feel like his would be continuing to go up as well. But with that fucking injury again, you know, that sucks. He's out for the next few weeks, yep. Yeah, so I think that his workload is going to go up. And I also think, so this is just a quick start of the week for me, folks. I think Debo Samuel is going to have a massive game going into this week. Debo Samuel is your start of the week? He is, man. I mean, Debo Samuel, all right. yo, Debo Samuel, my start of the week. I think he's just going to go off. He's the ultimate gadget guy with an offense that has a rookie, and they're going to try to get the ball out of his hands as fast as possible. And the best way to do that is I feel like with those jet sweeps, jet sweeps that Debo Samuel is so accustomed to getting the touchdowns on, and also, he is the fucking slant god 2.0 after Michael Thomas. You think he runs better slants than Michael Thomas? Or he's just on par? He's just, he's the 2.0. I mean, obviously, he could oh. be like the 4.0 after. Nah. The, you know, yo, I got to give my flowers to Devontae Adams. Yo, even that shitty-ass offense, he's still popping off. Like, it looks like he hasn't skipped much of a beat at all. So, props to Devontae Adams. But, nonetheless, I think that Debo Samuel, like, if you looked at his career at all, it's basically just been a lot of jet sweeps and a lot of slants, I guess, in my opinion. Yeah, so Debo lines up probably against uh, Carlton Davis on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, you know, defensive back room. And Carlton Davis is actually a, uh, he was a corner drafted out of Auburn back in 2018. Uh, in coverage, I mean, the guy's averaging less than 10 points a game against him. Uh, so that's less than 10 points per game scored against him in terms of fantasy points. But Debo Samuels, he's not your typical, I guess, wide receiver two prospect. The way the Niners work is that Brandon Ayuk slots in at the X and Debo's on the other side. And Debo gets that DB2 in a lot of matchups. I think this is a matchup he can go crazy in. I respect it. Yeah, dude, I really do think that he has, or he's at least primed to have a good week. Mm-hmm. But, yo, let me ask you something quick. Oh, So, shit. yo, I was out at the bars earlier today, and I was just grabbing a drink, and I just so happened to look up, and ESPN was on. And I saw that PTI was on, and the question that they had in front of them was, who is the bigger loss for the offense, Jimmy G or Lamar Jackson? So, in your opinion, who do you think was the bigger loss, and... I guess let me ask you this as a side question. Who do you think can run the offense better? I think the biggest loss to a team is probably Jimmy G. And I think that a lot of that loss is going to be contributed towards George Kittle. I think Kittle's going to see a downgrade with the um, with, Brock, with Brock Party down at quarterback. I think he's going to try to either hand it off or pass it to McCaffrey or get it to Debo or get it to Ayuk. I think Kittle's one of those guys who has to give him extra protection so he has more time in the pocket to make something happen. And uh, we talked about this earlier, and Dugo made a really great point about this in the offseason as we, you know, enter this year. If you guys listen to one of the earlier episodes, Dugo said that when you have a team that either has a bad quarterback or they need offensive line help, your tight end is going to give up some work, right? So we are talking about the difference between uh, Cole Komet and David Njoku. And the reason that you didn't like uh, Cole Komet as much was because Cole Komet had to contribute to the offensive line because the Bears' O-line sucks ass. Yeah, so he's just not, like, I mean, one thing that I have been kind of fucked up a little bit lately 
is the amount of uh, touchdowns that Cole Komet had there for a while. I mean, maybe that was just like a pipe couple weeks with him, but... As um, the, yeah, as the line kind of got healthier throughout the year, Cole Komet got better because he was able to just flank out, block and release, and go out and catch extra passes. Right. Say so all that's to say that I think George Kittle's going to have to contribute towards this rookie uh, quarterback just standing upright. And I think that comes in the sacrifice of receptions, catches, yards, touchdowns. And um, I think that Jimmy G is probably the biggest loss, you know, compared to Lamar over there in Baltimore. Honestly, I'm going to have to disagree, man. I think that Lamar, just the way that he runs the offense, I I mean, all the props to Tyler Huntley because when we have seen him start, it hasn't been much of a fall off, I suppose. But with that being said, I think that Lamar is just, there's just things that Lamar does that is just special. And, I mean, Jimmy G, he's damn near like a game manager. And the fact that, you know, Brock Purdy was able to come in and, you know, basically on a hinge throw two touchdowns and interception and how many yards and still win against the Dolphins, I would just have to say that Lamar, I think, is a bigger loss to the Ra- or to the Ravens. But I do see a big upside in those tight ends this week. I really do. Tyler Huntley's better than Brock Purdy. I would assume so, right? Well, no doubt. But, I mean, when you're just looking at running the offense as it is. Check it out. If if Tyler Huntley's better than Brock Purdy, then there's less of a drop-off from Lamar Jackson to Tyler Huntley as opposed to maybe Jimmy Garoppolo to Brock Purdy. Well, so my biggest thing is when you're just looking at – what they what they're replacing in the offense, so the Ravens have not as many weapons, and the quarterback is relied upon to make the right reads and these uh you know read options and everything, mm-hmm. rather than when you're looking at the 49ers where they hand the ball off 30 times to Christian McCaffrey, and they also have Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. Like, all these other options that they can get the ball to in their hands like that, rather than, you know, what you have with the Ravens, which is just Mark Andrews, when it looks like from a air raid attack. Mm-hmm. So that's just my two cents on it, man. That's why I think that Lamar, just because of the things that he can do because he's so special, is a bigger drop-off when you look at Tyler Huntley compared to the game manager that is Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. And... What you're asking Brock Purdy to do, which is literally just get the ball out of your hands as quick as possible and maybe make a play once or twice a game. Yeah, exactly. So last week, Brock Purdy had two touchdowns, 200 yards against the uh, Dolphins defense, who are, you know, they, they're not great. They're not elite at pass defense, but you can pass against them. Right. And so that's impactful, and that matters because obviously... You know, when you look at Debo, Week 14 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's going to be a much tougher matchup. I mean, Brock Purdy's going to be getting blitzed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive line. They're going to be, you know, sending a lot of pressure at him. And I don't know if this guy is ready to just take hits and get the ball out accurately. Well, dude, that's what I'm talking about is I think that they're going to be doing a lot more handoffs, a lot more of those jet sweeps, which I think, like I was saying before, Mm -hmm. Debo Samuel definitely takes the benefit of because – He's just so dynamic once he has the ball in his hand. Like, he'll make a six-yard loss into a four-yard gain. Like, it's crazy what the guy can do with the ball in his hands. I think Christian McCaffrey, yeah. Him and, I guess I could see Debo getting a few more reps on the ground, but Christian McCaffrey's another guy. 
Well, I mean, when you look at what their second running back situation is, obviously they can throw whoever in. But, I mean, let's say it is a close game because it is a rookie quarterback. You know, I just feel like I'm going to see Debo getting more work mm-hmm. than, you know, them trying to bring in, like, this third-string running back who, you know, I mean, Jordan Mason ain't, like, a bad running back. Let me get, like, let's not get that wrong. But if it's a close game and they're relying on someone to, you know, get them extra yardage, I feel like that guy's going to be Debo. You go with the playmaker, yeah. I can understand that. Uh, yo, moving forward, last quarterback I want to talk about in that division is actually uh, the newly acquired Baker Mayfield to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, moving forward, Baker Mayfield looks like he's going to be the starting quarterback out in Los Angeles. His run in Carolina was short, wasn't really all that productive. Are you buying any of these, uh, you know, Van Jeffersons or Ben Skarawinicks or Tyler Higbees or, uh, I don't know, maybe Kyron no. Williams? No. I'm not well. Maybe Tyron Williams, just because I mean they do have to kind of run the ball a little bit still, and I think like we've been saying before, <laughs> I, I I think they are building towards the future right now, and so I feel like they are going to start getting Kyron Williams more carries. I'm not sure exactly where, what they're going to be doing about Cam Akers. I don't know how we're still talking about this guy every week, but I don't know. Like it's just one of those things. But I think Kyron Williams does get a boost from this. It says that he is possible to uh, start this Thursday. So as we're going through the week, let's keep our ears to the ground. I don't know if I'm starting this guy, but, I mean, if I have him rostered, I'm not going to be dropping him, I guess, at this point. You know, if he's starting, he's starting. And, hey, guys, we need starting quarterbacks, and he might just pop off. If there's anybody on the Rams I'm buying, it's Cam Akers. Uh, We told you to buy him a couple episodes ago. Uh, he's a guy who is probably going to be vetted out to see what they have moving forward. Second round draft capital. I think the Rams are dead set on seeing if this can be a guy that, that, you know, they can lean on moving forward for the next few years. We'll see what happens. But last week he scores twice. He gets 60 yards on the ground off of 17 carries. That ain't bad. Uh, let's see if he can continue it. He has one of the easiest schedules moving forward for a running back. Uh, next week, he gets the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, who are bottom of the league in rush defense. All right, and now we have everyone's favorite segment. We have starts of the week for week 14. Time to do some sketchy shit. Do-da, do-da. Uh, this is a segment where me and Dugo give you guys our best bets on players that can get you at least 15 points or more if you play in a half PPR league. Dugo, I got mine ready. You want to go first or you want me to start? Well, I mean, we've already told the folks what mine is. Uh, Debo Samuel, like I said, I mean, what I've been saying throughout the whole pod, just primed to have a huge week. I'm excited to see what he does. I know that it doesn't look like he has much of an injury designation going into the week. It seems like he's been hindered by a quad the last couple, so it looks like he's healthy. I think he's going to have a huge week with this rookie quarterback. Yo, 49ers are going to keep going on the streak. Uh, so my pick of the week this week is going to be Zay Jones. Zay Jones? Listen, Zay Jones is a receiver who saw over, I believe it's 31 targets uh, the last three weeks, so he's averaging around 10 targets a game. I think that he plays the Tennessee Titans this week. He definitely plays the Tennessee He does Titans. play the Tennessee Titans this week, and he has a really great matchup. The Titans rank towards the bottom of the league in pass defense. I think that this is an offense with the still healthy Trevor Lawrence, even though he had the injury scare. 
uh, a team that's going to throw it up. He's going to get his targets. I think that he continues on the trend of 10 targets. I think he catches maybe six of them, 85 yards. I think he's good for a tud, uh, which, once again, would break that 15-point barrier if you play in PPR or have PPR leagues. Uh, but that's what we got for you guys this week. We appreciate y'all for tapping in. Make sure you follow us on YouTube at Fantasy Football with Gumbo. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Gumbo Pod. And until next time, we bid you farewell. We'll talk to you next week. And uh, we hope to see you on the other side in the Fantasy Football Playoffs. Peace.